Welcome to Middle-Aged Wisdom. I'm Nancy, and I'm a dentist. I'm Dave, and I'm an engineer. We're here to share what we've learned about life, business, and leadership. Join us as we try to figure it all out. What it takes to live our best lives. Welcome to episode 31 of the podcast, Middle-Aged Wisdom. Today, we're going to be talking about some hard lessons we've learned about hiring and sadly, sometimes firing too. Uh, Nance has a dental office. I, I have my own line of work that's totally outside of her dental practice, but I get to hear and be a part of all these different things, the drama that goes on. It's uh, it's sometimes hard to even fathom that this stuff really happens, some of it. It is. We can write a book about all of it, I think. Maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't, before... I don't know if it'd be called Adventures in Hiring and Firing, but I think it... <laughs> hmm, that's a, kind of a catchy title, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, don't anybody out there steal that because it's ours. <laughs> before I partnered up in my office, I was sole ownership, and Dave, of course, made a lot of these decisions with me. So we have been through the ringer with hiring, firing, all these strange stories that led us to that. So we're just going to do some storytelling today and hopefully you get some pearls and some wisdom for what we have to offer. And regardless of whatever business you're in, there is probably no more important decision you make on a you know monthly or yearly basis than who you have working with you, who's on your team, who's on the bus with you. The great Author Jim Collins, he wrote a book called Good to Great, and he talked about getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, and getting the people on the bus in the right seats to have success. There's also the Energy Bus book, which is another great read. Yeah. It's great for any kind of profession that you have to do hiring for. I think they're referring to different buses, perhaps. They're on different buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of the same, but different. So before we get started, just keep in mind, this is for any business. This is for if you own a beauty shop, if you own a boutique, if you own a restaurant, if you own a medical practice, chiropractic, this goes for anything. These lessons that we've learned is not specific to dentistry by any means. One lesson I learned along the way was hire slowly, fire quickly. Mm -hmm. Some of these lessons come from that. So lesson number one, I was hiring a dental assistant to replace a dental assistant who we had to fire. That story will come later. It'll come later because we're going to talk about hiring now. So we're looking for a dental assistant, and I think I have the cream of the crop person. We are hitting it off on the phone. Did I ever, I don't think I ever physically meet, met her, did I? No, you did like a working interview with this girl. Oh, that's right. And she yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And in, in the dental world, they'll, they'll have right. somebody come in and do like a working interview that's where they come right. in and work for like a day or two. I think she came in for a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she passed all of our tests. So basically, are you helping out in the back? Are you helping out in the front? Everybody liked her. She was so personable. And I get to the point at the end where I'm talking to her about coming in the next day. And she's all great. This is great. She's so excited. I'm excited because it happened so fast. Yeah, she was going to come in on like a Thursday, if I remember right. It was, it was really random. It was random. like a Thursday, because the second day was like a Friday, I think, because there was two days in a row, but we'll get to that. Okay, yeah. right. Oh, because I used to work five days. Right. So I think it was I think it was a five-day-a-week job. Okay. Right. So she's coming in for a Thursday, and I get this text message at three in the morning, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
and this is not uncommon. We've talked about this in other podcasts where I get random text messages. <laughs> well, no, no, no. 3 a.m. is uncommon. 3 you, will, you will get them like 5 a.m. I would say is common. Okay. 3 a.m. a little un more uncommon. Because if you guys start, you start at like 7 a.m. and mm -hmm. if you, you know, somebody can't come in, you need to know so you can find, you know, a temp or something right. to, to fill in because you got to have people. So I get this text at 3 a.m. and she says she's sick. She can't come in. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Okay. Bad luck, right? That Give her the benefit of the doubt. I always do. And I find a temp for that day, working again with a temp. I move on with my life. Yeah. She's supposed to come in the next day, which is a Friday. Yeah. So she called in sick for Thursday. Right. So now it's Thursday night. We're going into Friday. And I think you were probably in touch with her a little bit during the day. And it sounded like she was going to try to come in Friday. Try to be, right. Right. Mm -hmm. So what happened Thursday night in the middle of the night? I get another text message. At what time? 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saying. This is life yeah. in my world. Yeah. What did she say? She said, I'm in the ER. Mm. And not only did she say she's in the ER, but she has a photo to send along with it. What was the photo of, Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> the photo was of an arm. It was of an arm. Was it of her, her arm? It was apparently, of her arm with an IV in it. And she said, I'm in the hospital. They're giving me fluids. I'm really, really sick. I can't come in. Oh, man. Oh, man. That really stinks. <laughs> but but something about the 3 a.m. thing, it was still just like, that's just kind of weird because like nobody, nobody would text you at 3 a.m. Anyway, so we start talking and it's like, I just don't know. There's something just weird about this. Right. And so randomly, I said to Dave, I'm just going to go to Google Images for a moment and look up IV in arm. Yeah, because you can do a Google search of images, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is years and years ago. I mean, this is probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So I Google the image of IV in arm and I see the same photo. I thought, Dave, <laughs> you are not going to believe this. That photo is in Google Images and I click on it. And it was from a kidney donator in Kansas. And it was she was not the kidney donator. <laughs> she wasn't the kidney donator. <laughs> it was someone else's photo from Google Images oh, that she man. sent to me at 3 a.m. Needless to say, we hmm. did not, uh, we, we decided to part ways at we that point. We decided to part ways. <laughs> okay. And how do you deal with that? I called her the next day and I said, listen, this is a bad way to start off. I don't know what was going on with you the last couple of days, but the number one thing in my office is we are truthful, trustworthy people. And you have failed at that part of this. And she was like, why, what? I found the image that you sent me on Google Images. And I don't care if it was true that you were in the ER. I care that it, I'm sorry if you were sick for real. I don't know because I can't trust you right now but you sent an image and you lied about the image that you sent and you you lied on day one. So you don't get to work with me. You don't get any of the benefits that I provide. We're going to part ways now. Good luck. Yeah. And we hung up the phone. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. Right. Yeah. And that's how those conversations go. It's not very fun. So that is a lesson learned in our book of wisdom. So if I was to sum that up, I would say sometimes we have a gut instinct and we just know the truth. We know what we're supposed to do. And we have to just follow that gut instinct. It is very alive and well. Like the 3 a.m. thing didn't, something felt weird about it. Two it's days just, in a row. Yeah. Hmm. 
Another thing we came across when it came to hiring that we found really helpful was I attended a, a Dave Ramsey event once, and he's kind of a financial guru and business leader and things like that. And one of the things he talked about during the event was their process of hiring. And, and I don't remember every single step, but they had like six or seven steps they would go through before they would hire somebody officially. Because hire slowly. Hire <laughs> slowly, yeah. They were so deliberate about it because they took it so seriously. They're going to bring somebody into the family like, oh my gosh, this has to work. This right? has to work. And what I got a kick out of was there was their last step was, and I don't know that everybody could do this because this is, this is a little bit, I'm not sure it's totally appropriate necessarily, but they would insist on going out to dinner, him and his spouse, and maybe you know a couple of the, the employees and their spouses with the potential employee and their spouse mm -hmm. or significant other. And his, the thing he said, which always, which always kind of made me laugh, he's like, you know, this person we're wanting to hire, they may not be crazy, but they might be married to crazy. <laughs> and I want to know. I want to know that. Right. And I think that that's really, really smart. Not only with spouses, and some people don't have that, so you don't have that opportunity. But how you can take that is if you have an existing team, we'll often have the team hang out with them. So sometimes it's not so easy to go out for lunch anymore. We've done that a couple of times logistically it gets kind of tough with schedules and such but in the office we give them private time alone with each employee that has time at the time that they're coming in for their interview so for example hey our um, front desk gal is available why don't you two just chat for a little bit and we leave we go in the back we get out of the way we let them talk because sometimes things come up that you can't necessarily talk about or ask in a formal interview but they might just tell to a friend or to someone who may be a friend or whatever it may be. Um, we also do that with our back office. So we'll say, why don't you spend time with this person? Why don't you observe a room? All those types of things that might give you a little bit of insight into their personality when they're in the job versus just playing with an interview. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one thing I was thinking about the Dave Ramsey thing, though, is, is gosh, what do you say to somebody if you we're going to hire them. And then all of a sudden you go out to dinner with their spouse and then you, it's just, it's off. Right. <laughs> what do you say? Remember though. And, and I don't think people should necessarily do that, but it just shows like the links you could go to. Right. To really find, to confirm that the people you're bringing in are the right people. Yeah. We did that. Do you remember when you and I went with, when we were hiring an associate? Oh, that's right. We did do that. We once. had a blast. Oh yeah. But this makes me think, did they not like me? Cause I was the spouse. <laughs> And then they were going to, this person was going to come on. It was all great. They were going to be an associate. And then they changed their mind. Right. It <laughs> was, Dave ruined it for us. Yeah, it was all me. <laughs> no, 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 no. They had another, they had another offer. It they, was logistically that was like tough for them. Closer to where they work. Yeah. So they told us. It could, so they told us. It couldn't have been me. No, it wasn't you because then she, she asked to actually come back and then we had already filled the position. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. But that made me wonder, like, was that my fault? I don't know. <laughs> Did I talk too much? Not that he says it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's just an idea yeah. uh, of something you can do. Um, the third hint that we have is something that a friend of mine does. And I love this. We have tried this as well. And I think it's great because it tells you a couple different things. It is to say that you're running a little bit behind when the interview time comes and say, here's $20. Can you just run over to Starbucks? So at our office, we have a coffee shop or wherever you want them to go. We have coffee shops all around our office. So it's within a half a block of where we're located. Can you just run and go grab 
couple of coffees and give them a couple of different things. One, to see if they remember it and get the order right. Two, if they grab a pen and paper to write it down. Three, if they're honest with money. And four, if they're efficient. Hmm. So all of those things and just this one little coffee trip to see all of these questions, which I think is brilliant. So with the money part, mm-hmm. what is that? How do you find that out? Well, if you give them more money than they need, do they bring the right change back? Do they keep it? Um, she has said before that people have kept the change. Like she did, she had to like ask for it. She didn't ask for it. She was just like, "You're not hired. Take the six dollars." Yeah, <laughs> and that is not someone we want in our office. I will consider that six dollars well spent, <laughs> right? Yeah. And telling me you're not the one. Yeah. So I thought that was really brilliant because so the money thing is honesty and if they bring it back, efficiency is are they wasting time? We know there's no line over there ever. So we know that if they come back within five minutes or so that they're using their time efficiently. Three is if they write it down um, because if they're using that, then they know, okay, I'm hearing something very important. I want to get it right. I should probably write this down. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't write it down, do they have that great recollection of a memory and can they get the order right? Mm-hmm. So if they don't write it down and they come back with the wrong order, that's mm-hmm. not looking so good. Mm-hmm. Can you train that? Maybe. But then maybe they're not really engaging what's important versus what's not important. Yeah, they should they should think to care about that. Like, mm, I want to get it right. Right. I, I'm trying to impress you. I actually do want this job. Right. Yeah. And if it's funny to ask for paper and a pen, you have to be able to ask questions, right? So someone who's really comfortable asking questions or getting what they need or what they want will very easily just say, do you mind if I grab a piece of paper and a pen to mm-hmm. write these down yeah. versus someone who's like, oh, I'm kind of nervous to ask for a pen and paper. I just met them. Mm. It just might be telling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a great technique. This came up when I was recently interviewed for a marketing podcast. And one of the questions that he asked me was, a lot of people are having difficulty now hiring and finding the right people. What is something you've learned or a tip or trick that you know? In my personal experience, I've always hired someone that was a little bit nervous during the interview. And he said, wow, that's really interesting. Why do you say that? And I said, because when they're nervous, they really, really want it, right? People that are overly confident can sometimes, confidence is good, but if they're overly confident, you don't want someone telling you how to run your job or career or your business or your practice or whatever it is. You want them to be trainable and being able to mold them into your systems that you already have in place. So like a sense of eagerness. Right. Yeah. You were saying that one time that you had with that person that was a little overly confident. Yeah, we were we were hiring an intern and one of the these college students that came in for this internship, I think he was, I just remember him being somebody that worked in theater in some way too on, on the side. And uh, I was an engineering student. And when we asked him, you know, hey, we, we've got, you know, five people we're interviewing for this position. Give us give us a reason why you think you should be the right one or the one we should hire. And he said, uh, just, I'm awesome. <laughs> like That's it. Really? Like, just hire me on that. Is there anything specific about, you know, your awesomeness? And he's like, no, I'm just... I'm awesome and you hire me, you're gonna find out why. And <laughs> he just, just and he just was so like sure of himself. It was like, oh man, you could stand to be a little little less confident. I think you'd be all right. Right. <laughs> we yeah. did not hire him. We did not. Mr. Awesome did not get hired. It's probably a good idea. But that was like 10, 15 years ago, and there's still former coworkers who I could 
bring that up to and they would remember Mr. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's memorable. He's memorable. Made a mark. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the right way, but yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about hiring. Now we're going to talk about firing. This is something that we never do fast enough. I think we're all good souls. We all want things to work out. We're very empathetic to people's situations and their feelings, but sometimes we just have to call it quits. It's And it's not something you, you ever want to get to gleefully or like something you seek out. It's never easy. But the problem is if you have an underperforming employee for the, the myriad of, of reasons or ways somebody could be underperforming or causing problems at work, the longer you keep that person, what you are signaling to other staff is this person's performance, behavior, et cetera, is condoned, that it's okay. Right. You're telling people that because you're keeping them there. And that's that's just untenable. That's unsustainable. And you got to have the guts to cut, just cut it off. Right. The first situation that I had was one of a very long time employee. She actually came from a friend of mine. So she was employed by a friend of mine. And I saw my friend's name on her resume. So I called her and I said, hey, what about X person? And she giggled and she said, she sings a lot. And, you know, you never say anything bad about an employee. And so she did the right thing. And I thought, okay, so <laughs> you can tell a lot from one sentence, right? So maybe she's not the most productive person because she's no longer employed there. But I don't really, I just need somebody to be friendly and maybe a singing employee would be great, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was at the beginning of my career. Yeah. So she was employed by me from 2005 until 2014. So nine years there was about five years too long in there. <laughs> so you had to learn this lesson the hard way. I had learned the lesson the hard way. But she, she was, but she was such a lovely human and a lovely person that, you know, it, it made it hard to, you know, get there. So even, hard to even, get there. Even though there was underperformance for a long time. Right. You know, it was hard to get there. She showed up. She did her job. She helped out. She never complained about anything. And you would say, "What? what's wrong with you? And I was like, well... What happened was we changed a lot. You know, I brought in an associate, our office was growing, we had more employees, and it was hard to adapt for her to these changing environments. More people, her position was changing, she had to help out a little bit more, and it was just tough. And yeah. so eventually we just had to say, I think it's best if we just part ways. Yeah, and I think the big thing was you were slower paced, which right. worked great for her. Right for the first however many years. Right. And then towards the latter part, you'd grown, things were a lot faster pace, and she was kind of holding things up mm -hmm. and not, not keeping up. and was becoming kind of a detriment to the whole team. Right, and everybody felt like they were always picking up slack, and that's not good either, because now I've shown them that you can stay and you cannot work as hard and still get the same pay and still be employed. But that's not the right message. So yeah. if you have someone like that, to really examine and see if it's being productive for your office or not being very productive. Yeah. So is it being able to adapt and keep up with how things are being done differently than they maybe used to? It's really yeah. important. Yeah. So your second one, your second one we'll bring up was, and this comes back to one of the, the number one rules I always say is you got to show up. Right. You got to show up. You could, you know, all the other things you do once you're there, could be great, but if you don't show up, it renders everything else moot. Right. It doesn't matter. 
And this goes along those lines of the first thing we were talking about in the beginning of this episode, but this is a different person. (laughs) Gosh, there's so many. This person was someone who always had the chronic excuses. Mm. I have a flat tire. My car broke down the side of the road. I'm having a panic attack. I have, um, there is one I can't even mention because it's inappropriate for this podcast. Um, there, I have a, a doctor's appointment that I forgot about. They called me in and I need these labs done and I have to get them done now. And if I don't get them done today, I have to wait two weeks and I can't wait. I haven't been feeling well. I didn't sleep good last night. I was up all night. I'm not going to be 100% at work. I mean, you name it. I think that there was a website that said, the top 100 reasons to not go to work. And I think she just kept checking them that, off. That they, that they can't fire you for. Right. They were never the right. same. Yeah. You know, and eventually I just said, enough is enough. Yeah, you got to be here. You got to be here. And so you have to go through the formal process of writing them up and doing all this stuff. And anyways, do it the right way. And yes, that was another one. So number one, show up. That person reminded me of the movie Blues Brothers where Jake Blues at the end of the movie, Carrie Fisher was his jilted lover who he left at the altar and the whole movie she's been trying to kill him pretty much. And then at the end, she's got him dead to rights. Mm-hmm. And he, he just starts rattling off like 10 different excuses for why he couldn't show up at the altar. Like, I had a flat tire. I ran out of gas. <laughs> Whatever. Just don't kill me. I, I was supposed to be there. It's <laughs> exactly how it was. Every time I would tell Dave a story, he'd say, oh my goodness, this is the Blues Brothers. Yeah, and then I showed Nance that clip, and then she laughed really, really hard. <laughs> it's my life. It's just my life. Okay, and then the last one, the third one, was when trust is broken. Mm-hmm. And this happens, and this is not something that happens on a day. This is something that also happens over time, and you just have to recognize it and call it quits when it's time. So trust deteriorates over time, and this particular one was one where it started out for a few years great. Everyone was a great team and everyone was really cohesive and working together. And then you start to see snippets of things going downhill. Why don't we do it this way? This thing worked before in another office. I think this would be great. I'm very, very open to people's ideas and thoughts and very open-minded. And there are just things that either we tried before and didn't work, or maybe we didn't have the money to do it at the time or whatever it was, something wasn't going to work. And so I would say, no, not right now. And she probably took that as a negative thing towards her. And that kind of built up over time. So then she starts having this animosity and just negative thoughts towards me. And these things would just happen over and over again about, well, we're doing this for the office. No, this would be great. I think we should do this or buy this. And and eventually when the boss says no and no and no and no enough times, that person just feels unheard, I guess. It really got to where she thought she knew better than you. And really, if somebody can't respect your leadership and, and you being the owner of the business, you know, she can disagree all she wants, but you know, you got to move on. And it got to the point where she couldn't couldn't move on. She couldn't move on. And then, especially when someone's talking about the boss, right? That's never good. Because these are the people that are supposed to be your sidekicks, the people that you work with really closely, and the people that they're your team, they're your backup. Um, And you need them as much as they need you. And when that relationship and that trust is ruined, it just is time. So eventually, we called it quits and good riddance. Yeah, that's one where you you can't have a, a breakdown in trust because once once that is gone then 
that that's like a cancer on the entire team, the right. entire office. And you kind of feel it as it's happening. You start to feel these negative feelings and you might hear little snippets from other people and you take it with a grain of salt because you can't believe everything you hear unless it's from the source. But you kind of get this aura and you have that gut instinct again that things aren't going in the right direction and maybe it's poisoning the rest of the crew and team. And so you kind of, you, you recognize it, your gut tells you it. Yeah, and I, that's one thing I've learned even in, in my industry, which is construction, which we won't go into much detail about it, but that's one thing I've seen firsthand is if you're going to be a pain pain in the butt to your boss, you better be pretty irreplaceable because the day you're not, they're going to be tired of dealing with you and you're out and right. you're, you are out. So it's as much as being a good employee as being a good employer. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a two-way street. It's absolutely a two-way street. And maybe, and sometimes just the chemistry and the relationship is no longer there and it's probably best for both parties to, to part ways. Right. Yeah. Okay, so to wrap up, we hope you learned something from hearing about our adventures in hiring and firing. And if you don't remember anything else, just remember if somebody ever sends you a picture of their arm with an IV in it, don't trust that for a second because that might be something from Google. Look that up. <laughs> Look that up. And always remember, there's no decision that's more important than hiring your best team because teamwork makes the dream work.